Hi friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm TJ. And I'm Courtney. And you are listening to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, first off, welcome back. We weren't here last week, so... Um, yeah, we were on a cruise. Super fun. We had the time of our lives. Literally. Almost didn't come back. No, JK, we were ready to come back. We were ready to come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because we missed our home and our dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. And our friends. Yeah. Not like working or real life, though. Yeah, not the real life stuff. Yeah. Just the fun stuff. Yeah, well, cool. Courtney, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about Kim Possible, the animated version. I think it's what's the subtitle. It's like Kim Possible. So the drama. So the drama. Yes. Yes. Super fun. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It was very, like, obviously... Very nostalgic for very me. Nos- yeah, I bet it was. So, uh, what, when did it come out? Do you have that in front of you? It was, like, early it 2000s. It came out in... Okay, it premiered on Disney Channel April 8th, 2005. I was nine years old. You were nine. So, this was um, Kim Possible a little bit before we get into it. Kim Possible was from my generation, technically... Um, but it was just not in my vein. Like, it just wasn't what I watched, right? Like, I watched more Batman animated series. I watched a lot of SpongeBob, a lot of, like, Ed, Ed and Eddie, things like that. So, Kim Possible was something I was aware of. I'd seen episodes, but it wasn't something that was huge to me. But this is directly from your childhood. Like, this was a show that you watched. Yeah. Um, which I think made it special. We started to watch the movie. We just turned it on. We are going to watch it. And Courtney, like, paused, like, five minutes in. And she was like... Have you ever like watched this show? And I was like, I mean, I've seen like two episodes. She's like, I think we need to like at least watch a couple episodes before we watch. Yeah. Movie. So we did uh, a couple episode little bender um, just to kind of catch me up to speed on like the characters, yeah. and how things operate, which was fun. And then we went right into the movie, um, and it's short. It's like an hour long. Yeah, it's it's quick. Yeah, it's, it's quick, fun. quick little movie, fun time. Um, all right, cool. Well, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, we're going to try our best to talk about the episode and not derail you with cruise details. Um, good luck to us. Good luck to you. Woo. Without further ado, Courtney, why don't you take us with the plot summary? Okay. Dr. Draken has been developing a new and elaborate master plan to take over the world. Among the plan's stages are the procurement of a new toy design stolen for, from Japanese developer Nikasumi. Um, the creation of synthodrone androids in a bizarre research project investigating the lifestyle of teenage girls. Creepy. Meanwhile, (laughs) Kim Possible realizes that her crime-fighting career has left her with only Ron Stoppable, I love him, as potential date for the junior prom. Much to her distress, Ron introduces Kim to Eric, a new student, and they soon become a couple, causing a jealous Ron to find himself edged out of Kim's life. Uh, Ron also begins to notice numerous annoying changes at Bueno Nacho, his favorite fast food chain. I don't know which one he's more concerned about, being edged out of Kim's life or... Bueno Nacho. I'm pretty sure he's more concerned about Bueno Nacho, though. It, the the bendy straws were a breaking point. <laughs> Literally, he walks up with a non-bendy saw, a straw, and says, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. Um, anyway, Draken kidnaps Kim's father. He possesses the most advanced cybertronic technology in existence, um, which can fix, modify, or enlarge any machine. Kim and Ron rescue Dr. Possible, unaware that Draken has already obtained his knowledge in cybertronics by tapping his brain. Really creepy. Very. Bueno Nacho introduces their first kitty meal 
first kitty meals, which also come with toy robot figures called Little Diablos, based on Nakasumi's design. That becomes... Oh, those things become very popular worldwide. Kim realizes Ron's growing unhappiness and talks with him, promising that her new relationship with Eric will not be will not affect their friendship. While Kim and Eric attend prom together, Ron, who is depressed and conflicted by his changing feelings for Kim, becomes upset again by Bueno Nacho and makes a call complaining to the new owner who is revealed to be Draken. Um, Lars, who is Bueno Nacho's new manager and one of Draken's goons activates the Diablo army of toys, which pursue Ron and his naked mole rat, Rufus. I love Rufus. Rufus is fun. Very. Escaping the Diablos, Ron bursts into the prom to warn Kim and the um, about the toys. So Kim contacts her assistant, Wade, who confirms that the Diablos are made from Dr. Possible's technology. In retaliation, Draken attacks Middleton, transforming the toys into large deadly robots with a command signal at Bueno Nacho. With help from the Possible family, Kim and Ron destroy the command signal, disabling the Diablos. Draken shows Kim that his sidekick, Shigo, has kidnapped Eric after she left the prom dance and demands her surrender in exchange for Eric's safety. Kim dons a new experimental battle suit created by Wade, who, I don't know if it says this, Wade is her, like, assistant that gives her all the jobs. That's what I just said. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, yes. She puts on this new battle suit and heads with Ron and Rufus to Bueno Nacho headquarters, where Draken and his forces are operating from. Kim fights and defeats Shigo before reuniting with Eric, who's revealed to be a cyborg built by Draken to distract her from his plans. What a plot twist. He electrocutes Kim unconscious, and she is captured along with Ron. At midnight, Draken launches a worldwide attack with the giant Diablo robots. Embarrassed and distressed by Eric's betrayal, Kim admits defeat and gives up, but Ron encourages, encourages her by finally confessing his feelings for her, which she accepts. Yes. Rufus helps Kim and Ron escape, and they head to Bueno Nacho's roof to destroy the tower, controlling the Diablos with an EMP. Uh, Shigo and Eric intervene, but Kim fires the EMP at the tower. Eric catches it just in time, but Rufus destroys him by puncturing his foot, um, draining all his cyber fluid, or yeah, whatever the stuff inside is, and making him drop um, the EMP on the tower, shutting down all the robots and returning them to their normal size. Draken and his henchmen are arrested, and Kim and Ron are hailed as heroes for saving the world once again. They return to prom holding hands where students, except for Bonnie Rockweiler, shocker, cheer them as they dance and share their first real kiss. That was very sweet. Very cute, very cute. The crowd went wild. The crowd did indeed go wild. Okay, cool. So, Courtney, um, initial thoughts of this movie. You'd seen it before? I had. Okay, so I, this was brand new to me. So I would like to hear your initial thoughts re-watching the movie, and um, just tell, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about Kim Possible, like what it meant to your childhood and things like that. I remember having a Kim Possible Barbie doll. You know, it was like a Barbie doll, but instead of Barbie, it was Kim Possible. It was like a doll, Kim Possible doll. Nice. It was like an action figure or like an actual doll? It was a doll. Okay, nice. Um, Having like all of her outfits, her cheer outfit, and her like everyday outfit but then her like crime fighting spy outfit um i don't know i just remember like having her playing with her and i also this is probably weird 
but I'm just gonna say it. I forgot that this was in the like the animation style. I don't. I feel weird saying this. I just say it. Okay. <sighs> Where everyone has pointy boobs. Ah. You know. Yeah, like where everything's very sharp. Like, yeah. Like guys have very like square or pointy chins and girls yeah. have like the, all the pointed features. All like very pointed features. Yeah. Weird. It is weird. Weird. I'm thankful Something we got- Something I did not observe. But, um. <laughs> I just, okay. Um, I don't know. I just remember having the doll and like as a kid thinking that it was weird. Um, and that's what I just thought about. But I'm glad we are away from that now. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've evolved. Yes, thank as, God. As animators. Yes. Um, but I almost like love like the simplicity of it of the movie of I don't know just this family that's so extraordinary but also so ordinary at the same time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You have this dad who's a scientist. <laughs> the mom's a doctor. Um these two twin boys that are like very into like creating wild things and then you have Kim who's this cheerleader and also this like I don't know they they can see can seem so ordinary but they also do these like super extraordinary things yeah like they have like this whole thing where like they're the kids are playing with rockets and they're talking about how Kim saved the world the night before all over while eating cereal and the the dad's telling the kids to stop playing with rockets in the house yeah it's like so normal so ordinary yeah and yet ridiculous yeah it's almost like wow like I could have that for my family you know what I mean like it's yeah. it it's wild enough to where it makes sense and like it's cool and it's entertaining and it's captivating but it's just attainable enough to make you think that you can have that too which yeah. I think is really clever yeah um and as we were watch, like re-watching it or as I was re-watching I rem- like I don't know it just made me also think of Phineas and Ferb which is I don't know I don't know if that's weird. No, but I, like, think, I think were they from. I think they're from like a similar era, similar animation styles in a way. Yeah, also very pointy features and yeah. that kind of stuff. But I just think like how for them, like Phineas and Ferb in relation to Kim Possible, like Phineas and Ferb, like they're just normal kids living, yeah. living their life on a summer, on a vacation. summer vacation. Yeah. And every single day they do this extraordinary thing. Candace gets mad and tries to tell on mom and mom comes home and they're doing ordinary things. You know, that's like every single day for them. It's every episode, but, every ne- episode, but it, for some reason it never gets old. It never gets old. And I think Kim Possible is the same way where it's like, she's always fighting these, she's always fighting Dr. Draken and she go, and she's always with Ron and Rufus. There's this boy that she's always chasing after. Right. But it's like, I don't know. It's so in the same way as Phineas and Ferb, like it's still captivating because you think it's attainable for you. Mm. Yeah. How many adventures can you go on in your summer vacation? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah, I love that. I love that you brought the Phineas and Ferb reference in. That's um, if they have a movie, we'll have to do that too. Phineas and Ferb is a great show. They do. Um, well, well, we'll put it on the list. You know what, Phineas and Ferb would be a great summer movie. It would be next year. Uh, do you have any more thoughts before I before I go? No, you can go. Okay, I really, really, really enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Um, so 
not to date us, but like Courtney was saying, she was around nine years old when this movie came out and I was around 14. I had gone past the phase of this movie being like something that I really enjoyed. I had, I was... Because you were like, what, like 14, 15? 14, yeah. So I was very much... Um, this th- was not your... This was not your my thing. You watching Kim Possible or any of that. No, I wasn't. So I grew up, my cartoons that I really thrived under that I loved were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series that came out in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and even the 80s one too, or 90s one, whichever one it was. The, the two of them. There was one of them that came out in like the... Uh, 2000s and there's one that came out in the uh, that was out in the 80s or uh, 90s anyways um, Batman the Animated Series which was the uh, 90s and then all of the Cartoon Network shows like Ed Ed and Eddie uh, Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory, which this show gives me Dexter's Laboratory vibes in a lot of ways. Um, the, just the, the scientific aspect of it and the adventure aspect of it. All that kind of stuff. Um, these, those were the type of shows that I grew up on. So Kim Possible and Phineas and Ferb, although I love Phineas and Ferb now, like when we watch it, we watch it every now and then we'll put it on. They were a little bit after my time. So I never really watched Kim Possible. What I loved about the, sh- the, the movie and even though we watched like two episodes, I think, or one episode. We, we only watched one. Yeah, we just watched the first episode. Um, I immediately locked in on the show has a lot of really really cool um aspects to it that they wove into the movie that i think make this a great show so one thing about the movie that i really enjoyed and something i like about the show is that kim possible is a superhero and there's no hidden identity no people know who she is yeah she's kind of like iron man in that way like iron man's like i'm iron man and that's it but like most superheroes you're dealing with it's like there's batman and bruce wayne there's clark kent and superman there's spider-man and peter parker but like so a lot of shows like that is one layer of the the show is them trying to keep their identity secret that montana Exactly. That's not there at all. So yeah. she's like sitting around the breakfast table with her family. Oh, you saved the world last night. And her dad's reading about her in the in the morning paper. Yeah. Like, and, the, and like complimenting her. Wild. And, yeah. Wild. Um, I love that aspect of the movie and the show. Um, and, and we're going to use the show and movie interchangeably. We're going to talk about the movie, but we're going to probably allude a lot to the show. Um, another thing that I really, really, really appreciated... Um, really really appreciated about the movie is how they didn't try to make it this like two hour extravaganza they made it basically just like a longer normal episode like watching the movie was like watching just a longer version of episode one not that it was totally different but you get what I'm saying I love that I was like wow just like an hour and nine minute like a bigger version of what they do in the show um and then lastly I'll just say that I think it's um I think the characters are perfect I love the formula. Like you said, I love the Kim saves the world at the very beginning of the episode. Kim has some kind of problem at her local high school. Kim also has a problem with some villain she's facing at the end of the episode. She's going to have everything tied up in a bow and it's going to be fine. You know, like I like that. And it was really cool. Um, It's like she is a superhero that can deal with these all these uh, cool and crazy situations. And yet she struggles to ask a boy to prom. Yeah, It's so relatable. Like. We some of the social anxieties we have, we deal with much harder things at our jobs every single day. Yeah, like every single day, and then we can't even we can't even speak up and tell the person at Starbucks they got our order wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's re- like our it's like our mental psyche. It's like crazy. That really stood and out to me when we watched that last night. Wild. Okay, because like at work, like I have to ask people for th- sometimes to pay like a fifteen thousand dollar bill. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, if someone gives me a bad drink at a restaurant, I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to drink it. Same. I'm the same with food. Like, I mean, you could bring me, I could ask for medium or a steak and you could bring me medium well and I'm not going to send it back. No, or even like, it 
takes me a long time to complain about stuff or like to bring it up, but I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, I don't know if it's not that I don't care. It just is that I'm like scared. It like, I don't want to seem like the bad guy. So I don't bring it up. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is you have so many people that are like, I don't want to be a Karen. I wasn't going to say that term, but you said it. Um, you have so many people that, that complain about everything. And so it's almost like I need to make up for the fact that other people complain about everything. So I feel like I have to, I can't complain about anything. Well, the funny thing is complain about everything. Exactly. Because you and I both, and I don't think we talk about this enough. We both work heavily customer service driven industries. We deal with customers, clients, whatever you want to call them every single day. Yeah. We've both been doing it for a long time. And so when we are the client or the customer in the situation, the last thing we want to do is complain because I know how people feel on the other end. Exactly. So, um, anyways, I love that the show shows that aspect or this movie. I'm going to keep saying show cause it's, it really is just an extension of the show, but it shows her, um, her ability to do these amazing things and yet be so befuddled by, um, being a normal teenage girl, which is really cool. Um, you have any other thoughts before we launch into the questions? Yeah. Okay. This is what I'm reading. Please this is go. on Wikipedia. So please go take it or leave it. Um, so this movie was the first animated Disney channel original movie. No way. This is again per Wikipedia. No, no. Wikipedia is pretty accurate. I don't know. Anyone can edit it. You know what I mean? Um, also, also, it was originally intended to be the series finale. So not a season finale, but a series finale. Um, but Disney Channel ended up renewing the series after the movie. Okay, that's wild because that yeah. makes sense as to why they made them, them get together. I was so confused by that. Yeah, and I think maybe... Because it also says that the film features a plot similar to the first episode of this of the series. Ever. It does, and I noticed so it's that. almost like a. I think it probably was intended to be like a mirror. Like this is how we're opening, and this is how we're closing. Like we start the way we finish, and but then it ended up getting renewed. So I have questions then, and I'm sorry if this derails a little bit. I'm actually not sorry at all. Um, does when it re- or do her and um, Ron stay together? I don't know. I'm going to have to research this, talk about it on our next, on our next episode. Um, so, yeah. But now it's considered like the three-part season three finale movie. Oh. So it's basically like the length of three episodes. Got it. Like a really long season finale. So now so they made the movie just that basically they, they chrono- I got you. Futurama did something similar to that. They had a season where they didn't get renewed, but they wanted to keep the show going. So they did a six episode season, but all six episodes were an hour and a half long. So they still ended up being the same length as like their normal season. I don't season. think I've ever seen those episodes. You, yeah. You have to watch them. You can see them on um, Netflix now or on uh, uh, Hulu, but you didn't see them on TV. So whenever you were watching it back in the day, like when you were in college, they were just coming on TV. You couldn't get them. You had to buy no, them on I DVD. just like watched. It was wild when I was on in college. Me and my the girl I lived in the dorms with, we just kept it on Comedy Central all all hours of the day. Futurama South so we Park, Family Guy, Sims, all that. Drunk history. Drunk like, history. Yep. Those were just Key and Peele. Yep. Everything. All of those were just on repeat. Great era of comedy television. Honestly, fantastic. Truly. Animation was great. Live action stuff was good. The comedy skits were great. The Chappelle show was going on. Like it was just, it was amazing. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Um, I love that you clarified that. So that's really cool. So it was a, um, it was meant to be the not the season but the series, series finale. finale, which is why they put them together and then they Probably, renewed it. Yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. Um, 
Wow, cool. We're gonna have to watch more of this show. I'm I'm becoming intrigued. Um, maybe an episode or two or not before we go to sleep. We'll see. Okay. Ask the question. Favorite character. Go. Kim. Or Rufus. Okay. My favorite character is also Kim, but I also really love Ron. Pretty equal. Yeah. I love the depth of Kim though. Ron is also has some depth to him. But like the way that they really pour that that shit that just persona into that main character is really cool. Um, I also like her parents a lot. Her parents are cool. Yeah, they're cool. Um, what about least favorite character in the movie? I think Monique. I think she could have been a better best friend. Monique. Good take. I like the uh, whatever the freaking um, like brown haired like. Bob cut cheerleader girl that's like always her nemesis. Bonnie. I don't like Bonnie. I don't know if that's actually her name. I might have just literally made that up. It's in the plot. If you go back to the plot. But uh, Bonnie's the worst. Um, I actually don't mind. This is going to sound bad. I don't mind the yeah, villain. Yeah, her name's Bonnie. I don't mind the villain. She go. I don't like. Honestly. She's a good villain though. She's not in this as much as Dr. Draken. Draken. Whatever his name is. I call is. him Draken. Some people, yeah, I don't know. She goes seems to be... The um, so Draken's obviously the main villain, but she go is well, it's his. Like he's supposed to be the main guy, and she's his assistant, right. basically. But like she does all the things. Like right, she's the one doing all the missions. She's the one that Kim's always actually physically fighting. Yeah, but I think he is kind of him and Ron obviously mirror each other, and then she go and Kim mirror each other. Which is funny because Kim's in charge, and Ron's kind of like the. Oh, yeah. But then Draken's the main villain, but like he's kind of like stupid, and she goes very smart. Like he like runs the show. Yeah. In air quotes, because you obviously can't see me. I did air quotes when I yeah. said runs the show, but. But she goes the one doing all the work. Yes. Yeah, they do mirror each other. I'm glad that you brought that to light. I was going to talk about that. I think that's an awesome way of looking at it. It's it's Draken and Draken and uh, Ron mirror each other, and Kim and she go mirror each other. Which is often why they end up fighting each other. Exactly. Which and is why Ron gets so mad that Draken never knows his name. Exactly. Love that. Um, go. Honorable mentions for characters. Mm-hmm. The guy from. Bueno Nacho. Oh, the the guy. I that was think like his the, name is Ned. The little assistant manager before the other guy takes over. Yes. Yeah, I like Ned. Ned, ten out of ten. He's trying to tell Ron that there's something wrong, and Ron's just real focused on this bendy straw. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. He's so in his head about Kim and then the bendy straws and all the kids <laughs> and the toys that Ned's trying to let him know, "Hey, man." And he's like holds his thing up. He's like, "There's something wrong here." <laughs> This is evil on it. He's like not even paying attention to it. He no. just he cares too much about the Bundy straws and all the changes. Hilarious. Hilarious. Wade, also a pretty good character. The uh, her like assistant. Oh, I, I guess like her him. All, like the missions. I love his part that he plays. He's like in the background. He's never physically present, but yeah. his like presence is so cool. Like the way he helps them do everything. Yeah, he's also played by someone who um, his name is Taj Maori. Uh huh. And um, if you don't know, Tia and Tamara, I think is how you say her name, um, are identical 
sisters that play in a show called Sister Sister. Ooh. They're also in, in Twitches. They're the main character in Twitches. Oh, fun. Um, on Disney Channel. And so like, he is their, their brother. That's exciting. Yeah. While we're talking about voices, um, Draken was voiced by Don, John DiMaggio who's also famously the voice actor of uh, Bender from Futurama. So I wanted to touch on this aspect of this show that I think is so cool in a lot of these animated shows. A lot of our favorite voice actors from multiple animated shows play roles you would never think they would play. Mm. They'll be in a kid's show. They'll be in an adult animation show. Um, this is even an animated show, but I was watching this really intense action movie that had so much stuff in it. And it had the guy from um, the, the Great British Bake Off, whatever, um, the thing that you watched. The, the comedy guy, he's bald. The bald guy? Yeah. It I had him in. I was like, what are you doing in this movie? You're literally commentating on baking on this other show that I watched with Courtney. And now- Hilarious. You, yeah, he's hilarious. Um, you have stuff like, nobody knows this, but uh, Johnny Bravo was a critically acclaimed kids show. And uh, Seth MacFarlane, the creative family guy, it was one of his first projects before creative family guy. Like, that's how he, like, Crazy. learned how to do animations. All these things are interwoven. If you, like, yeah. you go through all the actors and voice actors and all these animated shows. A lot of people work on the same project. Yes, together. and it's mind-blowing. Like, yeah. the talent. Like, it's impossible. You have the voice of Bender, one of the most iconic animated characters of all time, voicing the villain. Just, just You don't even know it. You're just, you're just voicing you don't. it. don't. It's crazy. Um, super cool. Um... Characters in general, uh, I really enjoy the family. Like I said, I like her parents. I like her brothers. Um, um, As far as this movie goes, um, I think we touched on everyone. I just really enjoy the characters a lot. I think they're great. Um, Rufus, 10 out of 10. Yes. I want a naked mole rat. Can we get one? Absolutely not. Okay. Well, I tried, ladies and gentlemen. All right, cool. Favorite scene? Probably at the end when they walk into the dance holding hands and everyone cheers for them. Yeah, that was sweet. That was sweet. Um, for me, um, I'm torn between that scene and I also just really like the scene in Bueno Nacho when they're trying to get, they're trying, um, what's the guy's name? Not Ron, but the guy trying to talk to him. Ned. Ned is trying to, like, give him all these secret messages so the other manager doesn't see that, like, the Bueno Nacho's evil. And Raj is not getting it. I love that scene. It was so funny. Hilarious. Yeah, really funny. Um, not right, cool. What's your least favorite scene? I, this is, I don't know. What's yours? You go first. What's the, um, the animatronic... Evil thing's name. The guy she's dating for most of the movie, and then you find out he's not even a real person. Eric. Oh, I forgot about Eric. Yeah. He's the worst. He is the... Well, he's not a real person. He's so. not a real person, but it's annoying. When you when, you can when, tell there's something off about him the whole yes, time. Yes. Whenever Kim finds out, like, when she's at Draken's so lair, heartbreaking. Yeah, that was sad. I didn't like that Also, for when she, like, gives up. Yeah, that was sad, too. Because she never gives up. She never gives up. And she was broken. Yeah. Yeah, that was my least favorite scene. Really sad. Yeah. I think also when Ron is sad in his treehouse. Mm, yeah. Whenever he's eating nachos by himself, really sad. Yeah. I like Ron a lot. Ron's a fun character. Ron's stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What else you got? Uh, scenes in general, I think it's a very short movie, so the scenes kind of blur together. Um, 
but it had some really cool ones, like the ones we already talked about. Yeah. Another really cool one was the opening scene. Yeah, I also really like when they're in the plane and Ron's playing with all the toys. I love that, too. And then you find out the CEO of, like, the toy thing also speaks English. And you're like, oh. And you haven't known that for the whole TV show, right? I don't think so. Yeah, he's all, yeah, crazy. Um, I love that, too. I love the opening scene where, like, see, here's the thing. I didn't know who Shigo was. And so then when we watched the first episode and then we went back and watched the movie right after, I was like, okay, so Shigo's, like, someone that's around all the time. Yeah. And so then it made more sense to me. And, like, the opening action scene is super cool. Um, I loved the uh, the ending scene, too. Like, where like you already talked about his favorite scene. I loved Yeah, it was just really good. I liked the way they tied it all together. Um, yeah. They did a lot in an hour and nine minutes. So, it was good. Um, this is not a movie that has songs. I love the soundtrack, though. I love the, uh, the score, whatever you want to call it. Like, all the spy music. Like, yes. the James Bond. So cool. Um... I love that aspect it's brought to you. Okay, so this is going to be a toughie. Do you think this movie is under or overrated? Um, I think in its prime, it's probably adequately rated. I would agree. Now that we are almost 20 years past it. Almost 20 years past the Kim Possible movie. 18 years, right? Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. It is hard to say. No one really talks about Kim Possible anymore. I mean, I knew, I know a new movie just came out, like a live action version or live action Kim Possible movie just came out. I think there's like this resurgence of like all of like early 2000s, late 90s, like movies coming back. And I think this is part of that, but I don't think it'll also get the recognition that it maybe would have gotten or did get back then. Agreed. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. There's a reason why a goofy movie is suddenly wildly popular. Wildly popular. Like, they're, they're getting recognition in the parks. Like, you see Max in the parks now, and that yeah. was not something that was happening five years ago. But, like, it's a big deal now. Yeah. Um movies TV shows from this timeline are coming back I think that this timeline in um, in animated um, uh, TV shows and movies had a huge impact on pop culture that yeah. we don't really talk about like I mentioned some of the shows before you have Phineas and Ferb Spongebob you have um, you have Kim Possible you have um, all these other shows like the ones that I mentioned before like Batman the Animated Series you have uh, The Amazing Spider-Man you have X-Men you have um, I'm talking about 90s to like 2000s like this the range right here and you have Ed and Eddie Dexter's Laboratory all these shows come out at the same time or similar times and you just have like this this from 1990 to like 2005 or 8 or whatever these animated shows that are just there's not a bad one they're all so good yeah um and I think that there's going to be resurgence in that because I feel like that people are searching for something good like that because there's something about us um I'm particularly fond of animated shows but I think everybody likes them I like the, they like the the fact that there's I agree one. and no one's coming out with new ones anymore exactly no one's coming out with new animated shows and the ones they are coming out with are like they seem like the same old stuff or they're like extending the ones that are already on for way longer than they should be on yeah like I don't think they'll ever end Family Guy but should they probably same thing should with American Dad Park? Probably American Dad as sad as that sounds no. I know no. I know no. they just brought Futurama back and um 
we gotta keep we gotta watch it but we'll see you have a few heavy hitter animated shows but here's the thing the animations like rick and morty solar opposites those new ones they're actually good What's killing, I think, is it's that I've watched the new animated shows that are coming out for kids in the age range of Kim Possible. Not little kids. Like, Bluey's amazing. Yeah. Bluey is amazing. Shows like Bluey are great. Is SpongeBob still making episodes? Yeah, I think so. And there's a new show about Patrick. And it's like, why? We don't need that. We have SpongeBob. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, make all these spinoffs of SpongeBob and all these things. And it's just as, like, don't... Let's not let's not do that. Because they're not creating the, the ideas anymore, and so I think it's running off of what's already been. Exactly. Let's which be can be more creative. Which can be okay sometimes, but I think that there's this resurgence in the shows from what we grew up in because we lived in a golden era of Saturday morning cartoons and just cartoons being awesome. Like yeah, when we grew up, cartoons were absolutely amazing, and yeah. we were fortunate to grow up in that time. I look back on all the car- cartoons I watched growing up, and I think very fondly of them. I agree. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, I would say this movie is adequately rated. I think that those of us that watched it, and I was not one of them, but those of you guys that watched it growing up probably loved it. Um, and then anybody that watched it now would probably think it was cheesy, but perfectly nostalgic and really yeah. f- and really fun. Um, so I think it's adequately rated. Uh, what's the themes of the movie you can apply to your everyday life? I'm going to be real honest. I feel like to find a theme from this movie would also be grasping at straws I don't know like I just don't think there's like a theme from this I don't see any themes from this movie that I can take like I think I would really have to like search hard Yeah. for one I just think it's like for me more of like a classic nostalgia movie that like is just like a nice movie to watch or nice to have in the background I'm not really like watching I don't know, like, it's not like a Lion King or a Tangled or, like, a even, like, a Hannah Montana movie. Like, it's just this, where there's something that you can take away from it, in my opinion. Like, it's just kind of there. Okay. That makes sense. The theme I took away from the movie was just the simple one that I mentioned at the beginning. It's that in our jobs and the things that we have to do, like... I guess she saves the world and she feels like that's like her job. We do these amazing things every single day. And yet there are small social situations where we don't even have the courage to speak up for ourselves and say, hey, I don't like that or hey, I don't want that. Um, and yet at work, we are at our you know school or whatever you do, you, you have this insane amount of courage and ability. And it's like sometimes you need to have the same tenacity that you would have for other people. Like when you're doing a job for someone else for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's interwoven throughout the show and throughout this movie. And I think it's really cool. I agree with you. I think that's good. I, I mean, I would just say ditto. Yeah. Um, did we eat any snacks from the movie? We didn't do any popcorn. We were going to, but we didn't. I don't think so because we waited until after we ate dinner. Yeah, we were very cruise fatigued too. Yeah. Very, very cruise fatigued. Well, um, that does it for me. You have any closing thoughts about the movie? No. Um, if you're a if you're a '90s or early 2000s kid, go watch it. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Put it on in the background while you're, I don't know, relaxing. Yeah. That's fun. Um, okay, we have a fun um, list of movies for next month. It's October, so we're going to have some fun spooky stuff and some other things planned as well. Um, Courtney, why don't you go over that with us? Okay. Next week, we're going to be back with National Treasure. Oh, I can't wait. I love National Treasure. 
Yes, National Treasure. And then after that, we're going to do Fantasia, a fun little classic. I'm very excited. We're doing the original from 1940, and then eventually we'll come back and do Fantasia 2000 uh, later on. But we're going to do the original 1940s Fantasia. It's going to be wild. Whoa. Um, Okay. And then after that, we're going to get into our more Halloween ball movies. We have Halloween Town, and then we'll have Twitches. And then the new Haunted Mansion that just came out. Apparently, we met two couples on the cruise that have seen it, and they said it was really good. Yes. So we're excited. Yes. Yeah. Woo! We're super excited. Um, also, to be on the lookout, we're probably going to um, start introducing um, some fun episodes soon. I know I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. We're going to be doing some uh, Parks episodes with some of our friends that have come on. I know Vanessa and uh, Victoria will be coming on for some of those. Here's the Parks episodes. We might even do an episode about... Um, all kinds of stuff. You just got to wait and see. But we're going to start doing some out branching just a little bit. Not always do movies and do a couple of fun things. But don't worry. Movies will still be the main thing that we do. Um, Courtney, do you have any closing thoughts? No. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited for National Treasure next week. Um, Same. I haven't seen it in so long. Me either. And it's one of those fun adventure movies. Like the, It has like the Indiana Jones or like... Um, Jungle Cruise kind of feel to it. It's so adventure just Yeah, like it's adventure Makes you want to get off the couch and go do stuff. Well, it makes me want to get off the couch and go do stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have to remember if people aren't as uh, adventurous as I am. Fun yeah. fact, on the cruise, I almost got us kicked. I was thinking about going past the uh, the beacons at the beach and exploring. Uh, and Courtney wouldn't let me because she thought I would never be allowed to come to Disney again. You just like there's there's ropes and there's like sanctions. Things are sanctioned off for a reason. You're just you're just not supposed to go there. The wilderness is meant to be explored. Okay, <laughs> you're not Russell. Sorry. <laughs> I just like to explore. I got upset, but it's fine. I'm over it now. Do you want me to cry? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I'll kidding. cry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We always quote this it's thing with like someone asked Monica this question on friends and um, they're like, well, I mean, if you knew you needed to get this done, like, why don't you start earlier? And she like, she's like cooking from a huge meal for like this wedding and she like drops a spoon and she's like, do you want me to cry? <laughs> I'll cry. <laughs> and same sometimes. <laughs> same. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we're excited um, for next month. Um, we we yeah. came back from our cruise very energized. So we're, we're really ready to hit the ground running. Woo. Yeah, and get some cool episodes out. Um, we probably will have a guest on for one of the episodes. We'll keep you posted. Um, and we'll probably let you know which episode it's going to be next week. But until then, dear friends, thank you for listening. We love you so much. Um, we hope you missed us last week because we missed you dearly. And um, we can't wait to see you next week for National Treasure. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Woo! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, bye. No, we like Nicholas Cage. Wait, okay, yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>